0: It's time for Talking Tauntauns, your Star Wars source at AIPTComics.com.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Tauntauns, the official Star Wars podcast for AIPTComics.com. I am JJ Travers. I'm joined this week, as always, by Nicole Herview and Jim Lehane. Uh Today, we're going to be talking another film in um, the Skywalker saga in the The Star Wars movies. If you're a regular listener, you know that uh, we've been going through the films every four to five weeks. Uh, We started at the beginning and now we're at the OT. Uh, So we're going to be talking about The Empire Strikes Back today. And joining us uh, is Steve Holt. So Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be Uh, here. Steve and I have known each other, I think, for like, I don't know, like over 20 years. Yeah.
2: At least, I'd say, yeah, twenty, twenty-five years, yeah, 25 years. Yeah,
1: 25 years, I think. We grew up in the same neighborhood, um, went to middle school and high school together. Uh, and then I think we reconnected over Star Wars, like, I think like three years ago or so. I just kind of, I think I got an email from Steve out of nowhere just being like, hey, man, can you recommend some Star Wars comic books for me to read? Yep,
2: <clears throat> that was it. I think it was um, Russ, Russ Whiting and told me about AIPT at the liquor store, in and, uh, and I reached out.
1: So. Yeah, and Steve is um, a patron on the site, a super uh, passionate Star Wars fan, um, and a painter, obviously. He's sitting in, uh, I believe, I'm guessing is your studio right now, surrounded by his paintings.
2: Yep, my office slash studio. Yep. Uh,
1: so yes steve and i are both in plymouth Uh, we both grew up here both moved back here after moving away uh and both super big star wars fans so we uh decided to come hang out with us today to talk about the film and we're also going to be talking about a very exciting piece of news uh but before i get into that how is everyone this morning jim do you want to tell folks about why you sound like crap today on the show
0: I sound fine, maybe I don't know. I won't know until I actually hear this. No, I don't sound fine. No, my microphone. <laughs> you sound
3: like uh, it, like a phone in the eighties, but you're in a tunnel. That's oh, why you oh, sound excellent, like. it's, excellent. It's yes, great. my
0: my microphone completely stopped working at exactly the time that we tried to record this, and I couldn't get it to work. So we are working on my um backup backup microphone,
1: which apparently is not good.
3: It's okay. We can hear you.
1: But okay then. <laughs> uh, Nicole, how are you this morning?
3: Oh, I'm doing great. It's cold. I'm happy. That's that's it. <laughs> that's how it goes. It's cold. The leaves are changing. I'm a happy girl. That's all I need.
1: Uh, Steve, how are you? You having a good weekend? Yep, I'm doing well. I'm also glad that it feels like fall.
2: Um, I'm excited to do this podcast because this is one of my favorite movies ever. I was about before, so pretty pumped and i love the podcast so
1: it's good to be here i'm glad to have you and this is also one of my favorite just straight up films of all time uh, I, th- I was telling these guys before the show started that I, it makes me feel extra nerdy when i watch it i'm glad i was watching it by myself this morning because it just totally brings out the kid in me i was just like excitedly laughing and like having a time by myself on the couch watching it this morning uh, but before we get into discussing the empire strikes back there's a big piece of news in Star Wars land.
0: Your tauntaun will
3: freeze before you reach the first marker.
1: Then will see you in hell. Hello, him. what have we here? Cole, do you want to bring us into this one?
3: I, I've i never been more excited to talk about the news. Um, guys, it broke yesterday for us um, when we were recording this. But according to, I think the Hollywood Reporter was the first one to to break the news. Um Hayden Christensen's going to be in Ahsoka, and I might have gotten really emotional about this. Um, I mean, just thinking, just thinking about the conversations that might happen between Ahsoka and Vader, I am very excited. Um, And just, I love that Hayden is getting a second chance at all of this um, with uh, a competent director uh that that's all anyone else want to say anything about it
1: <laughs> starting I'm with th- fire
3: i always yeah. have fire we all know this like I, I i get angry go ahead
0: i'm gonna throw in rumored still rumored it hasn't been officially announced
1: okay but it's happening
3: yeah. it's happening <laughs> yeah it looks like it's happening it like i fire. mean this is this this is i don't see rumored anywhere it's it's pretty because uh...
0: it, <laughs> it's not an official source. It is the I mean, Hollywood it's... Reporter, which is still a good source, but it's oh, not yeah.
1: official.
3: Yeah, it's, it's happening. happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. happening. Um, yeah, man. The like, are we gonna get Force Ghost? Are we gonna get another like the last confrontation we saw with Ahsoka and Vader was on? Um, I forgot the name of the planet, but they were below the surface in the hidden sith temple uh where vader would have killed her if spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen rebels thanks um, man oh go yeah ahead. all go right ahead, now, no, ahead, no 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 i i don't need to say what'll happen i'll just say no, the last confrontation between these two was in a sith temple uh and then they never saw each other again as far as we know after that so this could change what we know about their relationship um it's. I really doubt we'll see them confront each other. Um. I. I feel like it's. It's almost definitely got to be like flashbacks or force. Force ghosts. But like, Either crazier one. things could
3: happen. Uh, well, whatever we- it is, I'm going to cry. So. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, it has to. If
1: it happens, it have to be a flashback because of you know Vader being dead when when we think the show is likely going to take place.
3: Excuse me. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm I, rooting for Force Ghost, but go ahead.
0: I I
1: actually assume it will
0: be a flashback to the, um, life day dinner, the a really awkward life day dinner when Ahsoka and Vader and everyone Chewie's there, um, or they're all having their life day dinner, carving up the um their turducken, and um,
1: I figured that that's that that's what we're gonna see. Uh, no, for, for everyone no. listening, he does not mean that.
3: Yeah, he's kidding, but I wish he wasn't. Like, I would I would be happy. I'd be happy with that. Like, if, like I'd be fine with
0: that. Well, it like, reminds me of Empire Strikes Back, where there's like, welcome if you
1: join us. I'm like, that has got to be the most awkward dinner ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really glad that he gets to come back to Star Wars and do something again. Um, and I'm I really glad to glad that he gets to come back when i feel like um the fan base is going to give him a very different reception this mm-hmm. time around that he deserves mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's super exciting uh it's super cool to see someone that's so important to star wars getting to come back to it and like hopefully enjoy it much more this time around uh, without the massive backlash that he didn't deserve mm-hmm. uh so yeah uh, when is ahsoka coming out again no idea
3: that's a great question. Um, it, does,
1: it doesn't have a
0: estimate. I think 2023 was the closest that we would ever see it.
3: Right. Um, the quote at the near end of the Hollywood Reporter article is, Disney was silent as Darth Maul when asked to comment, which, you know, he's not that silent, but cool. Uh, production is due to begin early 2022. So if production is starting in the next, let's say, six months, six to eight to nine months, whatever, um, We'll probably not see it until a year from then.
1: It's possible we could see it this time next year, but it's possible. I think we're getting Mandalorian season three around this time next year, but who knows? What I would assume, maybe we get both.
0: I we'll see. Based on what they're doing with the Marvel shows, they haven't overlapped any of the Marvel shows, and I assume they're not going to overlap the Disney shows or the Star Wars shows. I mean,
1: no. Uh, we did get um Loki and um WandaVision in the si- within like a few months of each other, I think.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
0: but they weren't concurrent.
1: Yeah, I am just saying like I think we'll get them within the same year, like within a few months it's of possible.
3: each other. It's possible. It just depends on whether we're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi or Ahsoka first. That would be my question. Oh yeah, Obi- Cuz Obi- my I think Kenobi's gonna be first but I,
0: Because um, based on all the information That Disney's put out Andor and Kenobi Are both in production now So we're likely to get both of those Before Ahsoka even starts production
3: Wow Yeah so we're gonna be waiting a while
0: uh, And then you cool. have the Bad Batch season 2 Which has already oh. been confirmed for next year Right And the Mandalorian season 3 Which has pretty much been confirmed for next year Boba so. Fett <clears throat> and Book, Book of Boba, Boba Fett. Fett, which is really going to be next year's show.
1: There's a couple Maybe. of things on the horizon here. Many, uh, many things. Steve, between Book of Boba Fett, The Mandalorian Season 3, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and Andor, which would you say you're most excited for?
2: I mean, I'm pretty excited about him, you know, them bringing Anakin back for Ahsoka, ultimately. I mean, because I, I've, I've watched most of Clone Wars. Um And I I, honestly, I really like the relationship between the two of them. And I think that like young Anakin is something that we don't really get a lot of. And I'm excited for them to do that with like a good director, because just to stick up for Hayden Christensen, I don't think anyone was really excellent in uh, those films. And I think that, you know, I think ultimately that comes down to directing, but like, you know, Ewan McGregor he's a great actor. I've seen him in really good movies and loved them. And I didn't think he was like, I mean, he was perfect for Obi-Wan, but I didn't think that his acting was necessarily like top notch or felt good. And same thing with Natalie Portman. I mean, those are two really good actors with a lot of good movies under them. And they just like really didn't come alive on that in those films. So I don't know. I'm excited to see him again, you know, and I'm, I mean, equally, I'm equally excited to see Obi-Wan because I love Obi-Wan. He's just such a cool character. So the answer is all of them, but honestly, probably (laughs) the Ahsoka series the most.
1: Yeah, it's it's really, really hard to pick. Um, I feel like Andor is kind of flying under the radar with everything else going on with all these like super high profile characters and I'm kind of, in a way, most excited for that, uh, or at least the potential of it, because mm-hmm. I love Rogue One so much because I feel like it showed, it's the best Star Wars <laughs> piece of, of media to show like what war looks like, especially in a galaxy far, far away. And I'm hoping that Andor um, like, continues to like zero in on that and like carry that theme forward of like how brutal and like not nice a conflict like that would be um with like the CD spy underworld. Um that's my hope for that series. But yeah that
2: um Rogue One was my favorite film other than the original trilogy. I it was original trilogy and then Rogue One and uh I just I thought that movie was so good. So
3: hoping yeah, for more of, more of that
2: for yeah. sure. Just the pacing of that film, everything about that film was just great.
1: All right, are you guys ready?
3: I think so. Join me,
1: and I will complete your training. With our combined strength,
0: we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy.
3: I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Obi-Wan never told you
0: what happened to your father. He told me enough.
1: He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. All right. Uh, So, as I said at the start of the show, today we're talking about The Empire Strikes Back. I'm super excited for this episode because this is um, possibly like... In my top three favorite films of all time. It's my favorite Star Wars film. Um, and I just absolutely love it. I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this episode a lot. Uh, so this is a sequel to the original Star Wars film. Came out three years later. It's the second film in the Star Wars film series. The fifth in chronological order for the Skywalker saga. Uh, it's set three years after the events in Star Wars. Uh, and we. it's a very different type of film. Um The tone is much more mature and dark um, and we get kind of like the like um, like the campy like silliness and like lightheartedness from the first film is is largely gone. There's still definitely still moments of that here, but this is a much more harsh reality for what the Rebel Alliance and Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia and Han Solo face in Darth Vader and the Empire Uh, And this really gives us um, the villain that is Dark Vader. Like, we know he's the bad guy in Star Wars, but this film, like, makes you hate him. Like, he is the villain. Um, So Lucas kind of handed the reins to Irvin Kirshner with this one because he was so stressed with doing everything on the first one that he focused heavily on um, special effects and and his company, Industrial Light and Magic, in this film. And it really shows. Um, so, yeah, Irvin Kirshner gets to, you know, hold the, the trophy for directing what is probably the greatest Star Wars film of all time, depending on who you are. Um, your opinion may vary there, Nicole. Um, but, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know where to start with this one. Steve, you're our guest. Is there anything particular that you want to talk about to start with this? I mean,
2: Yoda. Like... I agree with you 100% with um, this is like, you know, where you really see how evil and just sinister the character Darth Vader is and they develop him perfectly and just show his power. But like when, I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves and skip. No, Hoth, no, we but, can, we can go wherever he, you want. When, he, when, um, when Luke and R2 leave Hoth and they, you know, they go to Dagobah and, Having already you know when you already know what happens in the movie, you just know that 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 whole scene's coming. It's it's my favorite thing in Star Wars is um, Luke's training on Dagobah. Like I just I love everything about it. Like I love all the Yoda quotes. I like refer to them in life. You know I just I love that sort of wisdom that that he has, and I, I the character, the fact that it's a puppet to me is like incredible you know because it feels so real and it i don't know so for me like this movie just introducing yoda and i remember when i was a kid seeing it and not knowing you know when he he first when he doesn't know yoda's yoda and you don't know that yoda's yoda and then you realize that this little green thing is this all-powerful brilliant jedi it's i don't know i just love that character so much like it's hard to it's hard to find like an equivalent character in star Wars other than truthfully Vader, who just has so much character, I guess, you know, for me
1: at least. And presence. Yeah. Such a presence. Exactly. And such. I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's actually a question that I had in my notes for everyone. Um, I was thinking about that this morning when I was watching it before the show, like, I remember the moment, and you clearly remember the moment. Jim and Nicole, do you remember the moment when you're watching this and there's this, like, goofy little green guy, like, bouncing around, like, telling Luke to eat and, like, messing with his stuff, and then it's this moment when he looks to the the sky, this, like, presence that he's communicating with and says, I cannot train him, you know, he's, he has no patience, and it clicks in your brain, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the Jedi Master. This is Yoda. Like, this is this legendary sage of like immeasurable power. Like, what?" And and you said it, Steve. It's this little puppet, but like that never once came into my mind as a kid. I was just like in awe of this little guy, and I immediately bought into it. Yeah, and you that completely accept is... him
2: as a character.
1: Like, yes, and like, a that's like creature. such a good. That to me is just like an example of of how good this movie is and how how good the story is and how how well directed this scene was uh yeah, so Jim and Nicole, what about you guys in this moment?
3: Jim, you go first
0: well, I have a confession before we even get there um growing up like 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 you uh i I was born during the original trilogy release, so I never saw the movies in theaters. I kind of grew up with all of them at once, all all three of the original trilogy. And when you compare the storylines of A New Hope, Empire, and Jedi, you have the two Death Stars kind of capping the end of this, and then not much happens in this movie for a little kid. And I never liked this movie. I never liked Empire growing up. Never liked it. It, it's, It's one of those, like, I liked... The two end caps, it, they had the Death Stars. They made sense. Like, Star Wars had a Death Star. You had to blow up Death Star at the end. What happened in Empire? Nothing happened in Empire. Never liked it. <laughs> Gr- watching it, like, after, since, yeah, well, that, that's, that's me. Um, Since <laughs> that time, I had slowly grown to like the movie. Sitting there watching it this time, I really watched it this time. And it. it I can understand now like what I was missing. I, re, I I'm like, okay, this movie is legit fantastic. You could tell, like, things are happening that I didn't realize at the time. Harrison Ford is acting his butt off. Like he is like in oh, there, hundred percent. Characters um, real This movie. It's like it's Yoda up. is absolutely fantastic. Like it never occurred to me that. It wasn't Yoda because I don't remember that it's been so long. Like I've, these movies have basically I've grown up with them. I don't know the time when I didn't know Yoda was Yoda, but this time, like you always wonder, like, how could Luke not know it was Yoda? And then this time I'm sitting there going, he literally crash lands onto a planet in the middle of nowhere. Why would he even assume this is Yoda? Like, (laughs) like you randomly find the the local village idiot. You're not going to assume that's that's Yoda um this also movie of happenstance things just kind of happen like we assume it's the force um he just happens to land where yoda obviously something was going on but like in the movie it's like just happens to find yoda um han just happens to find luke in the middle of a snowstorm it's just it's a lot of happenstance in the movie um which i kind of found funny but um yeah that's a i've kind of grown up with it and i never thought about things like Yoda is Yoda until I find out he's Yoda, or not Yoda, until I find Yoda?
3: Question mark? Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similarly, I grew up in the 90s, um, so I knew Yoda was Yoda before I saw these movies. Before I saw a single moment of Star Wars, I knew who Yoda was. So as a child, I think the nuance of that moment was completely lost on me. But, you know, as you grow up, like, I find... I find that every time I watch these movies, I find more to like, and I also find more to not like very much. But, I mean, listen, this movie is objectively, I think, the best Star Wars movie. Like, it, it is. It's a phenomenal film. Is it my favorite? We, we know it's not, but we also know that my opinion doesn't count because you know which one is my favorite. So, um, you can I You can like
0: what you like and not yeah, be ashamed.
3: I... Can separate good and I like it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I can separate those two things. Those things are different in my head. Then this is a great thing, and this one's my favorite because it makes me feel, you know, or feel stuff. Sorry, Jim. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean that moment when Yoda switches is objectively incredible, and I do get the chills every time he looks to the sky and talks to Obi Wan. Is like "I I can't. what are you giving me? Like I can't train this child like, what the heck it's a big man baby. I don't know what to do with this. Um, and it's brilliant. And I will I will talk a little bit about some of his quotes uh, because Stevie brought it up because they are incredible. but my claim to fame on the internet is ripping do or do not, there is no try, a new a-hole uh, because I hate it <laughs> I absolutely hate that line I think it's taken out of, in context it works it's taken out of context so much so so much and it becomes toxic but I will tell you what Yoda line I will get tattooed on me in the next year and that's luminous beings are we not this crude matter yeah. that is one of the best lines I've heard in film like and it carries so much weight and I feel like that my goodness who wrote that because i know who it's not <laughs> no um <laughs> it's it's a brilliant line
0: may have been carrie fisher actually i i'm pretty sure she had gone and done uh, audio, uh dialogue touch-ups on uh most of the movies
3: if for real because i've never heard yeah. that before and it's my new favorite thing now um because i was also gonna say you know we talked we, you just brought up you guys brought up Harrison Ford's acting because, oh my God, it's great. It's absolutely phenomenal. But I'll tell you who else is great. Carrie Fisher. She's acting her butt off this whole movie. They're, they play off of each other so well. And we know that there was real life stuff going on between them. And I think that's part of it. But it's, their acting together is is unmatched. And also Mark Hamill's acting with a puppet. Like we, we can't forget that when he's on Dagobah, He's alone. He's, I mean, he's got the puppeteers with him, but he's talking to a puppet and a droid the whole time. And those scenes are some of the best in Star Wars. It's, it's pretty impressive, the acting across the board, when we know that, uh, you know, the script sometimes leaves a lot to be desired. The direction could sometimes leave something to be desired. Um, sometimes they have no idea what they're saying. They're just saying words. But my God, you believe it. Um, and I think it's especially potent with, with Frank Oz and, and with Yoda. It It's pretty darn impressive. Everything on Dagobah, I really do enjoy. And it's iconic for a reason.
1: I, I feel like I've said this a million times to a million people, but I'm going to say it again. Good practical effects will always win out over CGI. And this is like the best possible example of that for me. Like this film is like, what? It's Like 40 years old at this point, or something 30 Shut something years. Uh, what's that?
0: <laughs> Shut your face, came out before it's I was f- bored.
3: <laughs> it's the 50th anniversary of Lucasfilm, so that the, should it, be it,
0: a the, the point. point is, is the movie is 41 years old?
1: So, the point is, this movie is ridiculously old, and I still don't look at this and go, like, Oh, bad effects, like look at that puppet. It's just like, No, that's Yoda. Um, but this is like, I feel like one of the strongest themes in this film is like. Things are not what they seem on the surface. Like you got to look deeper, and like like Yoda is the strongest example of that. Han is the next strongest example, I think. With like, he's not this like uh, he's not this like sorry, Jim. (laughs) He's not this like low life scumbag, uh, like scoundrel, smuggler. Like he is a good person. He's a hero. He's a leader. Um, he's, he's a loyal friend and, um, I want to talk a lot about Han, but back to Yoda, like, you know, he's the, this like diminutive, like little goofy guy who then becomes this like 800 year old, like all, all powerful Jedi master. And, um, we also see that theme with him and Luke and Luke's failure in the cave. Like one of the most important lines from this Film that like I feel like I feel like echoes into all of Star Wars when it comes to Jedi is I'm not afraid, and like later they tell us, like Luke tells us, it's a Jedi's destiny to face fear, and this film shows us that. And the first Mm -hmm. time they show us that is is with the cave, and then you know we know that Luke, the whole thing with Return of the Jedi is Luke's afraid to face his father, but we see him go into the cave and. He's afraid of what's in the cave. Like, what's in the cave? Only what you take with you. And he brings his weapons because he's afraid. He lights his lightsaber first because he's afraid. He attacks first because he's afraid. And that's what his failure is around. Like, Yoda's like, you will be. And he's right. Luke's afraid already. Uh, And it's just, like, this, this theme of, like, not believing just what's on the surface and, and looking closer than that it's like so strong throughout the movie and and Yoda is like such a great example of that and he also gives us like the most detailed look at the force like until Yoda we just had some stuff with obi-wan like tricking dopey stormtroopers and Luke <laughs> moving a, f- a few things uh but Yoda gives us like our our first like real lesson on what the force is and what it can do and Luke judges him, uh, you know, you ask the impossible and then Yoda casually lifts lifts the X Wing out of the swamp like it's nothing. And he's I like, I think don't
0: think you like I have a lot of a lot of thoughts, but I don't think that was casual. I think that's what killed him. Yoda. Ooh. If you if you look after he lifted the X Wing, he was exhausted.
1: Well because... yeah, that's <laughs> I mean who would but it be?
0: The next time we see Yoda,
1: he's he dies.
3: Dying. Yeah. Uh
1: he's like 900 years old come on
3: <laughs> that's might be why it killed him um yeah that's super interesting um and that puppet is terrifying when he says you will be i'm like leave me alone you weirdo like he's he's terrifying in like the best way and it's just another um phenomenal example of how useful that puppet is um but i do want to before we you know potentially move on i want to Highlight another thing he says that I laugh at every single time that this boy opens his mouth, his mouth, the Jedi use the force for knowledge and defense, never attack. <clears throat> I laugh my ass off <laughs> like I'm like y'all were generals, like a half a lifetime ago. that's funny, like and yes, like should 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 be that way, but I mean, we have a. Trilogy of films and a whole television show that show us otherwise, and I think it's really funny um, that that line is in there when we then go to contradict that over and over and over again. Well, that's part of um, why
1: they fa- f- fell. They right? failed.
3: Yes, you're absolutely right. um And I think that might be why Yoda makes a point of saying that because he knows that the Jedi's failure was because they didn't adhere to to that line of thinking. Um, But it still makes me laugh like out loud whenever I hear it, because I'm like, you little hypocritical man. Because like he he passes on that knowledge without the context. You know what I'm saying? Um, But it's it makes sense when you analyze it. But on the surface, it's it's funny. You know what I'm saying?
0: Speaking of hypocritical, I am not afraid. You will be. Let's go to a different quote. Fear is the path to the dark side. Literally mm-hmm. the same character <laughs> said, "You will be afraid, but I'm gonna like I'm like, but you shouldn't be. But you will, be. but you shouldn't like, be.
3: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Also, in it, you know, it's not him contradicting himself, but you know, uh, do or do not. There is no try. Only a Sith deals in absolutes.
0: Oh, I have thoughts on the do I or do not. St- Everybody meets that line. Even Kanan it. brings up that line.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I. It's more of a mindset. Of when, course, when when you try you are expecting the possibility of failure.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When you do, you do not accept the possibility of failure. So either right. you do it and you fail, which is then your do not. So you have the two options. But when you were trying, you are have that small bit of doubt that you may not be able to do it. That is the point of the saying. Is like you are either 100% committed or you don't try it at all.
3: Right. And that's why I always say in context- that line works. It really because like I totally get in context what Yoda is saying. Because yeah, and in that it's like a really profound way of thinking, but it's so often misused, and that that's what drives me nuts about it. Like the potential to misuse it. Um, but yeah, I just think it's very funny that if you take almost any two lines out of a Jedi's mouth, you can contradict it with another line that came out of another jedi's mouth it's very funny um yeah but isn't
2: that that's the thing with like i mean the first thing Yoda says to him when luke comes in like shows up and he's says he's looking for a great warrior and he says like you know warrior war does not
0: make one great or whatever it is it's like Except Anakin <laughs> <laughs>
2: the ultimate thing though that i think he's pointing out where i i always i mean I guess I have more at this age is like there is some internal conflict you will deal with mm-hmm. and it will result in fear,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but you cannot succumb to that fear, right. you know? And I think every person throughout, you know, through adolescence or whatever, or you know, finding themselves and feeling like they have this ability in whatever they're doing, if you like lose to your power and you don't understand, you know, how to use your power for good or for yourself or, you know, rather than destroying everything, I think that that, like, I feel like that that's what sort of Yoda, Yoda brings to the front. Like, hey, like, I fought in wars for my whole life. And here I am in my, like, twilight years telling you with all the wisdom I've gained, all the, you know, all the battles I've been through and everything, like, ultimately, that isn't what makes you great. You know what I mean? And when you're, like, when you have to confront Vader, like when Luke has to confront Vader and he goes into that cave, like he sees himself mm-hmm. and he has to he has to face himself. He has mm-hmm. to confront himself. And I've always, like, it's not as much about the actual character of Vader. It's about the conflict and the, you know, you see that in Luke Claire, he wants to go, there's almost a feeling like he wants to be pulled into the dark side. Like he almost succumbs to his fear. Like he's fighting that. And the point is not to succumb to that. And I think like even Vader's character ultimately doesn't succumb to being full evil. You know, there's a point of conflict where he sees who he is and he looks closely at himself and he kills the emperor, you know? And I, I think that that for me is what I like, I guess I take from that as like a sort of a, like the true underlying wisdom of Yoda's character at this age. And I think that's, what's cool about like, watching the clone wars because i'm watching the clone wars now as you see you see yoda as was more spry character that's like you know in battle all the time and consumed by battle and then now with his time to reflect on it he sees like the he sees the flaw in the way of using his powers for you know in a way to be a warrior to kill to destroy and it's like the same thing Luke deals with when he's like out in that island or whatever. I can't remember the name of that island. But when, he, when he wants to destroy all the books and get rid of this sort of this teaching, it's like, yes, you have this power. You were born with it. You know, like it's part of you. But how do you channel it? You know, ultimately, I, I know. yeah, he, I'm digressing a bit. But I think that 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 for me is like, you know, and when you say like the do or do not thing is there is no try. It's like ultimately it's just do, you know, all that all that whole thing means is just do like whatever you are whatever you have in you that you want to do just just do it do it like just do it nike you know like (laughs) just don't don't try don't think about it don't get lost in like oh am i a jedi am i this or that like just channel it do it you know
1: so uh well said steve I and it. I I could talk about the the Luke and he talks I I have to touch on it really quick. Like when he uh when he says, like, yeah, I could have showed up with my with my laser sword and gone in and, and solved everything. Uh and and we see him go into exile and, and, and then he saves everyone at the end by using a force illusion. He doesn't use any offense abilities at all. And we see Obi Wan do the same thing. He fails and goes into exile, and then he saves Luke with just giving in and letting vader kill him um it's definitely like a super powerful theme and like a lesson that we see a lot of jedi learn like the hard way and it takes a it takes failure for them to get it
0: well it's like luke didn't really learn anything like his dark side cave failure he didn't learn anything like he went in there with his weapons which he didn't need he lit the lightsaber first which he didn't w- wasn't supposed to he's not a warrior he's supposed to be it's for defense only he goes up okay. against vader who lights their lightsaber first luke lights his lightsaber first luke attacks first not vader okay. vader's just there vader's not even trying like you could tell vader's like whatever kid like
1: <laughs> all right let's do this like i i I, feel, I i could see you feel like you need to approve something <laughs> Like the lesson comes after you know he loses his hand, and like that whole journey of like, like He's there's so much unarmed. Well, there's just so much self-sacrifice in this film. Like that's another big theme, and we see it so much with Han, um, and Luke, like giving up his like his his journey and his training to save his friends, and like he doesn't listen to Yoda. He loses his hand. Vader defeats him. He. Learns this horrible truth, but then when we see him dealing with Vader in Return of the Jedi, he has learned, and he approaches him with like love and compassion and like non-aggression. Um And before we move on totally from this, one of my favorite Funkos from that from that moment.
3: Oh, that's dope.
1: Yeah,
3: <clears throat> I'm sorry, Jim. Jim just killed me. He was disarmed. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just ignored Um, that. You
3: did. You did. I I was. I I was
0: impressed with how well you just kind of walked. I I wasn't giving him that one.
3: (laughs) I mean, it's easy. That was like low hanging. It was brilliant. I'm fine. I'm really okay. Um, Here, I have one question before we move on from Dagobah and all that stuff. Does R two not know Yoda?
0: no he does i
3: mean he gives no he's like (laughs) just no indication doesn't say to luke oh i know that little dude we'll find him like what nothing nothing like r2's like i don't know him and like when um friggin yoda is beating the crap out of r2 with a stick r2 just electrocutes him it's like yeah um I wonder y'all, if you'll go way back.
0: I wonder if R2 is going okay, you're clearly playing some sort of game here. Like he's
3: playing along. Yeah,
0: let let's see where yeah. this goes.
3: It's just I just sit there and I go, mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all know each well, other Doesn't Luke well.
0: tell R2 that he wants to
2: take the helm, kinda, of, on the way to Dagobah? Isn't he like, no, I'll take controls? And that's where I've always kind of felt that it right. is a force thing that, that oh, drops yeah. him right right next to Yoda. It definitely
3: I mean? is. It definitely is. I just I just was very carefully watching the way R2 and Yoda interact yeah, with each little... other. And it's just like Hmm. You guys have known each other for a long time. Like well, there are whole episodes of the Clone Wars with you guys together. I mean, part of that What's is up? like you
1: have to you have to like just like give that you have to like suspend yes, your I, disbelief.
3: Yes, a hundred percent. I just enjoy being like, uh huh. Like this is where all the holes are. You know, if you just take it all as you know.
0: What happens when you don't write an order? (laughs)
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, this dude had no plan. Well, Um, it's okay.
1: Well, speaking of that, um, (laughs) the last thing we'll talk about with this before we move to a different part of the film is when Luke leaves and Obi Wan's like, that boy was our last hope, and and Yoda says, no, there is another. At that point, like, they had not planned for that to be Leia.
0: Right, we they don't even put, know if it was Leia.
1: Like, yeah, even, they just even put now, that in, in there. It, it could else.
3: be Ray. It could be Ray. That, like, we. It could be anybody that we're talking about here right now. Um, but yeah, I, it's very painfully obvious the lack of planning. This is going to segue a little better into one of my biggest um writers' issues with. And it's the most iconic part of it. And I apologize. And I'm not trying to be a contrarian anyway.
1: If you say what I, I know, think you're going to say, I
3: know. The I am your father line has uh, zero setup. What? Really upsetting to me that in, like, it just, that he was just like, I'm going to pull this out of my butt. And it's like, yeah, okay. I love that. I love that turn. But you gave me n- no reason to believe that it's oh, like objectively uh, look over here. And it's like, not actually the right. No, I mean, he's, he's like, he's that him right. in
2: every other yes. way. And then he, he, it's like the final blow to, you know, no, I know
3: that. Be... I'm just saying that uh, of all the times that these two characters interacted every single time Leia and uh, Vader are in a room together, well, later, he has no idea that these are his kids.
1: Well, she's like she, Vader
3: has no idea that well, she's Leia's not a Skywalker.
1: She's not a Skywalker.
3: It doesn't matter. It, you think that Anakin, Anakin Skywalker, can't sense the child of him and Padme in a room with him?
1: Absolutely cannot. I, he he damaged his. I that. completely disagree with I you. I completely disagree with you. He damaged his no connection to his true self, he damaged his connection to the Force. He became obsessed with anger, hate, and rage. Like so much of what happens with Luke in um, the sequel trilogy, like is because he shut himself off from the Force and blinded himself to so much. Like he didn't sense Han's death. He didn't sense what was going on with with the galaxy or Ray. Sure. Like, but that's not the, in the, the... a room with him. Yeah, but like, think about <laughs> the trauma that say? he went through. Like. Greg Pak's doing a great job of exploring it in his Darth Vader run right now. Like, he thought he had no kids. And then he found out about Luke, and Luke became this, like, all-encompassing obsession for him. Mm -hmm. And just like when his all-encompassing obsession with Padme and saving her from death was going on, like, so much that should have been right in front of him, like um Palpatine manipulating him so obviously was just fallen to the wayside like so much about his character is like not seeing the obvious because he becomes laser focused on something and it consumes him so to me it makes it, it makes perfect sense that he wouldn't sense that because he's closed himself off from everything else but the one thing that he's obsessing about and in that moment that's Luke
2: I agree because he's lost he he can't see himself anymore and so in that he loses he loses Anakin you know? he, he, he is truly Vader he is like a minion and he's this self like this character that has no self-awareness whatsoever and I think in that like he's able to he just has you know, like anybody when they come up to something and they're just unaware or they want to believe something it can give you huge blind spots you know and I think that that's what his character shows the best like of any character, and that's honestly why he is one of my favorite characters because he he loses him. He does he loses himself, and he's a perfect example of what kind of happens when you lose yourself. You know, and, and I think that's what Luke Luke kind of like. It seems like goes closely to losing some of his you know his himself, and then he he's able to always like you can always kind of see the conflict, and he always comes back to the light side where. Vader just went full, you know, dark side and Obi-Wan was able to like in that hide the kids from him basically, you know, and he was able to get away with that.
1: Yeah, I think that's like a big part of why he never sensed his offspring or or when they were born, because he was just so he was just this machine of hatred and rage and self-loathing and misery that like anything outside of that was just like in the dark um but he
2: can see like he could sense luke's power when he was you know defeating the death star in the first one um in a new hope and you know he he says that he's like a force strong in this one and that's all he can sense he can only he can only sense power and like because of his character like because his true character has been lost like who he is as a you know as a being has been lost to him i don't think he's able to actually see that in others You know,
0: like, who they actually
2: are, you
1: know? There's a moment, and I forget which comic book it is. Um, I think it's one of the Darth Vader runs. I don't remember where it falls in the last few years of it, but um, it's it's when the comics are taking place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and uh, Vader is obsessed with finding out more about the pilot who destroyed the Death Star, um, and a bounty hunter... He's standing in front of, like, some window on a Star Destroyer or something, and a bounty hunter brings him the information that the pilot's name is... It's Boba Fett, actually. Boba Fett brings him the one piece of information he was able to get because he can't find Luke anywhere, and it's that his name is Luke Skywalker. And Vader's reaction is the glass just splinters because he's so enraged that he was, like, so blinded by... Like, his own son is right there, and he's just, like So blind, he's so weak. Like he doesn't have the ability to sense his own son right in front of him.
0: All right, I'm gonna agree with Nicole, kind
3: of. Uh, Thanks, man. No, listen. Let me just say something real quick. I totally, (laughs) I totally see what you're saying and understand it. but if I, if I sat here and broke it down as a writer, we'd be here for four hours, so I'm not going to. But I'm just going to say that I have issues with the way it is handled. That's Does it, that make sense? Oh, it, I think they are completely
1: valid in that. I just happen to disagree. That's all. That's
0: but, fine. That's where I was going. It's like, basically, you're right. They, they, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And the reason for that is mostly Lucas's mystery box that he wants to keep this secret isolated. And by keeping it isolated, there are no leads into that secret. Like literally the three people on set or not even on set, three people in the the entire movie that knew that Vader was Luke's father was Mark Hamill, Irvin Kershner, and... Not even the guy who played Darth Vader. (laughs) It was Carrie Fisher, right? No, it
3: was. I thought Carrie was was James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, because he did Uh, the voice. Well, he has to say it. The (laughs)
0: voice, yeah, like David (laughs) Prowse, who was in the Vader costume, said, "Obi Wan kills your father." It was a completely different line, right? Because and then Luke has, or uh, Mark Hamill has to act off of the line, knowing what he is supposed to say, but they didn't want to give David Prowse that information, and so it's it's one of those like you have the mystery box problem where you want to keep the secret so tight that you don't have any leads going into it. And I could see Mm -hmm. your issues. Like, obviously like we have 40 years now after that, that you you can kind of pick apart, like, Oh, maybe this is like leading into that. Maybe that, but really it was, they wanted to keep that secret. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, don't you,
2: don't you kind of see that like with Obi-Wan though, where he, you know, at at Dagobah where uh, in, you know, like, they they say he's like his father, you know, like he says him and Yoda say he's he's too much like his father. And and in some way you're just you hate Vader so much that you could never yourself as a viewer see him as like potentially being Luke's father. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't allow yourself to see that.
1: Like because you just He's such the antithesis of, of like what Luke represents. Exactly. But in the cave, you know, only what
2: you bring with you. Like, isn't there some shred of Luke that Knows who his father is in some like some deep realm. Yeah, you know? I think I mean,
1: you're right. I think he does deep, deep down. There's some part of him that know that knew.
3: I think my my problems with it are more in A New Hope than in this movie, if that makes sense. Like the direct contradictions, mostly in Obi Wan's dialogue. Um But yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Like that's definitely a shred. It's something. It's it's something. I just wish there were. I won't get into it because we will spend the whole rest of the episode talking <laughs> yeah, about should, it. Yeah, we should. But <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from, and I totally understand it. I just happen to have personal issues with it.
0: I hope the Obi-Wan show has Obi-Wan literally just lying about everything. He's like gaslighting everybody. It. Just it's like,
3: lean into did it, you
0: fine. park your car over there? What are you talking about? That's not my car, but I saw you get out of it. Nope, nope. <laughs> I did, not a clue. Not a clue what you're doing. I could walk away. It's not the car you're looking for.
1: <laughs> um So, so something <laughs> I just want to mention briefly, and then I want to get into like Vader and his portrayal in the film uh, is I've seen this happen. I don't know. A hundred plus times. And it never fails to make me audibly crack up when Luke falls, lets himself fall and perfectly <laughs> lands in the vent- ventilation shaft or whatever that thing is. Every time it gets me so and good. And Vader
3: just like looks at him like, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> just, like, well. Walks away. It's
1: just like, I'll get you, Skywalker. <laughs> it's
3: just like, he just like looks down and he's like, okay. Like, it's just so funny. The man's got like one arm now and he just falls over and Vader just, wa- and obviously the helmet has no expression, but it's just a very funny image of Vader just looking down for like a hot second of being like, well, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so and
1: funny. and the music as he's as he's like falling and it's like
3: <laughs> um,
1: it's
3: one of my favorite moments in the movie. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love it
3: because <sighs> I just picture Anakin in there, just be like, "Well, <laughs> it's just just yes, tauntaun, my voice, it's fine." It's just really um, funny.
1: but yeah, Vader in this film. This is where I. I mean. I don't think his character so much goes through development as they um expend a lot of effort into showing us how truly evil and horrible of a person he is, like the first time we're seeing him, he's in a superstar destroyer. we've never seen that before, so right off the bat, his ship before we even see him is like super crazy scary, imposing uh and then within the first I don't know. Ten minutes of seeing him, he force chokes and kills a general for being uh, a dope and bringing the star destroyers out Admiral, of hyperspace. Admiral Azel, yeah, that guy. Okay. He he blocks Hans blaster bolts with his bare hands. He force chokes out uh, the captain that loses uh, I, I... the Falcon when it when it hides on the back of of the the uh, shield generators. He I,
0: I cuts disagree off with his, his bare hands. It's like it's it a was
3: a robot, robot arm. Like, really? <laughs>
0: like you're shooting a robot arm. But also,
3: arm. sure. <laughs> uh,
1: but but man, that that scene, um, there's scenes in the carbon freezing chamber with Vader where he just looks so menacing. And then the, the shot of Luke and him on the stairs together before like when Luke climbs the stairs and he's on the same level as Vader right before they light their sabers, when they're just staring and looking at each other, that is like my favorite shot in all of the original trilogy. It's such Mm -hmm. a cool shot. Uh, and it's just like the ultimate like showdown setting for this fight between good and evil. And Vader is just like freaking terrifying throughout this. And just this overwhelming force of evil, just killing people left and right, no patience, no mercy, um yeah i just love his portrayal as a villain in this film i think they did such a good job of turning him into like it's like yeah the emperor's scary but this guy's way worse
3: He's he's he kills a lot of people like he just casually but my favorite he kills all his and, own people <laughs> yeah he just kills all his own people it's fine but my favorite moments are when he's like just a little bit of a bitch. Um, like he's just got a little bit of an attitude about it. Like when he chokes out the one captain, he's like, "Apology accepted, captain." There's I'm neither. like, you're, captain needle. "You're you're great." <laughs> I just, I just like, I'm like, "Ooh, he's having fun with it. Like as much fun as he can have." I hope he's you don't choke
0: on it. your aspirations.
3: Yes. <laughs> Those are my favorite moments. I obviously, I, not obviously, maybe, but I think it's because it's like there's a little bit of Anakin still in there, like that little bit of like a, he, he's a little bit of a of a jerk, um, you know, like he's having a little bit too much. Like this is where the fun begins, kind of Anakin. And just like it's he's in there, so, like it's a hint that he's in there somewhere, right? Um, and I just love those moments. But he is otherwise incredibly terrifying.
1: Um. What did you guys think about we we talked about this a lot on the last episode when we talked about um a new hope. Uh what do you guys think about uh, S- Steve? We talked about practical effects when you brought up Yoda. How do you feel about them um substituting in with the the CGI uh in uh McDermid like the emperor from the prequel trilogies when he when he makes contact with them and we see his hologram appear?
2: I mean, I I think that the In like this whole movie, that pretty much anywhere they substituted in CGI for the remix has been—it's kind of like—it doesn't bother me. I don't know. I just let it. I let it go. You know, the only scene I think that's really kind of silly in Star Wars is the Cantina scene. You know, I just don't—I don't really understand the point of adding some of those, like, um, or sorry, um, Jabba's palace, just like the concerts and stuff like that. Some of that stuff's a little silly, but that. I don't know. In some ways, I'm just like George Lucas is a special effects guy. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he, you know, he made these movies. They, they don't. None of it really gets to me that much. I, I like how they can they show some of the world like a little bit more. Like I think they did it well with Cloud City when they fly in. Yes,
1: like, that that was my uh the only other big notice here. And out of all the films, that's the one that I like. That's the best, honestly actually. that was my best
2: my. Like the one that it's seamless, like it's it almost doesn't look like they did it, but it gives you a little bit more context and like see it,
3: yeah,
1: immersion, yeah.
3: I completely agree with you.
1: Yeah, this I have is nothing to add. Yeah, That's <laughs> this is
0: the least tinkered with of the OT, obviously. Um, even the Ian McDermott edition was much later after the PT came out. I believe it was a part of the Blu-ray release that they they threw them yeah. in there, and it it makes sense because um half monkey uh half monkey emperor um didn't it was the bottom half of his face was a monkey i believe or the top half um of the original emperor that was there because like lucas no idea where he's going with these things jabba no idea what he's doing emperor no idea what he's doing and so it's has to go back and fix these things um The only problem I have with the CGI and this whole thing is when we are on cloud city, it's one scene where we're looking at Leia from far away through the window that it clearly looks CGI. And then they kind of zoom in through the window and she's there um, waiting for uh, Han or someone to come back. That's the only scene that bothers me because it looks like a video game scene.
3: Yeah, that boy is flying by the seat of his pants. <laughs> it's just very obvious uh, in those moments. But yeah, I, I didn't think it was too egregious. I do have a question. Like, this is a question for the panel. It's a genuine one. There's a line on Hoth that I never remembered being in the movie. And I was watching this for the first time on Disney And I was like, I've never heard that before. Um, it's when Han is putting Luke in the tauntaun. You know, and he says, like, this will keep you warm. I remember that. And then he says, well, I get the shelter up. And okay. I had never heard him talk about a shelter. I, I always wondered, like, how'd they survive overnight on Hoth? And I think they added that in later. No, nope. that's, But, that's but always I never heard there. that before. Because
0: they, they, okay, when they then. when the, the shuttle co- or the snowspeeder comes, they're getting yeah. out of a tent.
3: Right, I just 10, had never heard him say it. They, I don't know they, what's wrong They couldn't wrong have with
0: survived that. the whole night in they c- couldn't, right? cuddling inside of a Tauntaun together um, <laughs> because they only had the one Tauntaun.
3: Um, right, they bur- yeah.
0: So yeah, they, basically okay. he stuffed Luke in there while he set up the shelter. That That's that's always been there.
3: All right, well, hey, this is why I ask questions because otherwise I just think- One of the original them.
2: effects that I thought looked dated but I'm glad they kept it was also on Hoth when, uh, when Luke's ship's crashing, you know, after fighting the, the walker or whatever it is. And there's like all that blue, like sort of electric like whatever, like all his equipment's malfunctioning, and there's like these blue sort of like electrical things going on around the
0: electricity.
2: It's the only effect that like really looks, you know, just dated. And I'm glad I'm glad they left that in and didn't try to do anything to it because it, it holds, you know, movies made in the seventies or whatever. So it's good to yeah.
3: I feel the same way about when the tauntaun dies. And yeah. it's like clearly it's like a slow. stop motion little little frame. Oh, I love yeah. the move. So good stop uh, the
2: animation. I love the Hoth
0: part. Just
3: to yeah. throw that out
0: there. Uh, uh,
2: it is
3: good. It's very very good. The, yeah, let's talk
0: about Hoth. The There's only, a lot
3: going on on Hoth. Yeah,
0: the only problem I have with Hoth is really just a age of the movie where you high def these movies to the point where you can tell that the actors and animals are not in the same scape as the background it's like clearly obvious like they both look great but they don't look great together and that's the high def disney plus really amplifies that problem but it's one of those like you can look past it it's it's sure clearly green screen blue screen technology doesn't work well on a white background
1: but i was gonna say white on white makes it really hard too yeah um but god i think the battle of hoth is my favorite battle in all of star wars i just there's so much about it i I love like the snow speeders with the tow cables uh like you can tell like the special effects were really cranked up for this film and um like that that battle scene, the um the Ion cannon shooting the um the Star Destroyers, I love that part. I always love like our first catch of the day. Like <laughs> it's so corny, <laughs> but I always love that line. Um like the the snow stormtroopers invading the base. Um like Luke like um using the Gatling gun thing to like get the grenade in the walker. Uh, like there's just so many like cool parts of that that make it feel like like a, a battle that's taking place like on the ground in the air um but one thing that always always gets me about this and like it's it's not an actual issue for me it's just funny is like the rebels are on this super secret base hiding from the empire trying to like rebuild and regroup and like figure out their next move and they're like vitally important shield generators are just like just out there on the hill (laughs) it's like like, Mm -hmm. couldn't throw like some uh like like fake snow like like cloth or something over them they're just out there on the hill but it'll be fine i guess
0: if they're not i I was thinking i'm like well they probably needed to be there to work but they're not on so you're right yeah Like, (laughs) like clear they turn them on when the empire shows up it's like you could have had a guy stationed there it's like pull the tarp off
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tarp is the really difficult word I was looking for, um, but yeah, that always gets me. And like, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's not like a huge deal. But it always was very funny. To it's me. for the plot.
3: Yeah, you know, exactly. it's one of those things that it's like yeah. oh, pa- for the plot. Also it out there for the plot also develops Han Solo's character.
1: I think, like, you know, his loyalty
2: because he just wants to leave. You know, and he's like, yeah, get the hell out yeah. of here. It didn't work out with this girl. Like, I want to bounce and. He finds out that Luke's out there and he's like, all right, I'm going to stay and completely risk my life for for this dude. And you see how loyally he is to, you know, how loyally is to Luke. And then you see, like, you also just see how much Chewie, like, just loves him, you know? And it's like, like, when they shut the oh, doors, yeah. that's a, a favorite scene of mine. And uh, Chewie cries out like that. And I just, I think it's great because I think that they, they sort of repeat that theme in Return of the Jedi where it's like, Luke's turn to go save Han and they open the movie with that. And You got to get this character, this building, you know, like this character build angle of the movie where like they build the relationships between those two guys. And cause Luke, like Han so, could so easily just be a scoundrel and he just, he isn't, he's just, he's loyal. He's just, a, he's an emotional, angry guy, but he, like he, again, he doesn't succumb to it. He just, he sees over it. He's not going to get, he's not going to let this, chick ruin his life he's gonna move forward and like you know help his buddy out i like i like i love that i love that in that movie and then and then luke kind of You've takes heard- off like us today
0: <laughs> some like fight whatever Star star destroyers but you bring up the scene with my favorite dad joke in the whole movie where han is telling the the general that he has to leave and he's got a he's like i got a death mark on my head and the general responds a death mark's not an easy thing to live with yeah favorite it's dad like, joke in the whole movie i just laughed my wife looks at me like goes what i'm like it's a dad joke
3: it's hysterical
0: <laughs> and i i love how the entire beginning of this movie is essentially made to make up for the fact that mark hamill was in a car accident
3: yep they had to like completely change his face
0: yeah and my wife's like Mm -hmm. they couldn't have explained it away it's like no from between movies like no they had to do this to make up for the fact that mark hamill looks different now than he did in the first movie Uh
1: i I think it's it's perfect that it worked out that way because like we know from solo a star wars series uh story excuse me like how hard han tries to like build this armor around himself like this persona and everyone's always like you're a good guy he's like no i'm not I'm, I'm i'm a jerk i'm a scoundrel and then like luke comes into his life and ruins it for him and and leah and you see like it was such a good call out steve like his loyalty to luke is it like keeps him from leaving and and like Luke sacrifices his training to go save Han and Leia, and Han almost sacrifices his life to save Luke. Like he goes out there and the guy's like, Your tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Like Han's not stupid. He knows that like he's he could die out there. Very very high chance he'll die, like sub zero temperatures. And he's like, I'll see you in hell. He's my friend. Uh and I feel like like low key, like obviously Luke's the the main character, but I feel like Han, like goes through the most character development in this film, like more than anyone else. And I think you said it at the beginning, Steve, like he just acts his ass off. Like Mm -hmm. he is so good in this film. Like, like Leia is trying to come to grips with like being a leader uh, and loving this like scoundrel. And Han's coming to grips with like being a leader, being a good guy, his loyalty to Luke, his loyalty to Leia, his loyalty to the Alliance and what he knows is right. He risks his life his life for Luke. He sacrifices himself and uh, allows himself to be frozen in carbonite because he knows it's for the greater good and like calms Chewie down. And his delivery of the lines like, I'll see you in hell. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Uh, <laughs> laugh it up, fuzzball. I love that part.
3: That might be my favorite laugh it up, fuzzball.
1: <laughs> and when oh, they're going into the asteroid field and-, and Leia's like, you don't have to do this to impress me that's
3: um, <laughs> so good
1: uh, Chewy, take the professor into the back and plug him into the hyperdrive <laughs> <laughs>
3: professor no you gotta talk to the falcon Yeah, and when it's they're so running good.
1: through Hoth base and Han's like there's no time to discuss this with a committee and Leia's like I am not a <laughs> not committee, a committee. <laughs> so good and the best line oh, yeah. of all I know. I know that is the best oh uh, uh, it's the something else line ever.
3: I like that she uh, she throws it right back at him in the next movie. It's very good, but um, yeah, that that was some brilliant. I think that was Harrison's idea, right? Yes, like that. Yeah, that was important. Yes,
0: yeah, the line they really had, good. The line they had written was like "I love you too," and Harrison Ford yeah. he did the lines, and he's like, "It just doesn't feel right." And then I think Irvin Kershner's yeah. like, "Just do what you think Han would say," just to kind of like as a like extra takes. And that's what he kind of came up with, like Harrison came up with, and it's like. Yeah, that works.
3: It's also brilliant because of his delivery. If it wasn't his delivery, it wouldn't work and it'd be mildly infuriating. But because he says it with almost like um, he almost chokes on the line. Like when he says, I know, it's like painful for him. You know, it's it's really just brilliant. It's brilliant. The uh,
0: It would have been different if he said, I know, yeah. and then start doing a dance.
3: It would be it would be different <laughs> if he said it any other way, really. Um, but yeah, it's it's an iconic and brilliant, brilliant moment in this movie.
0: And and you're right about you had mentioned Leia is like um, Carrie Fisher acting like so great. Like I love, really, she's not one of the action stars, but she is like the leader of this movie. I, I and I noticed at this time where she is standing in the middle of a group of male X-wing pilots telling them what to do they aren't really questioning her like wait what shouldn't we go talk to the other guy like no she's telling them what to do and they're listening to her in this back in the 80s when that's not a mm-hmm. thing um mm-hmm. and I, like she is clearly the leader that what she tells them is what they're doing and i i really like that like like the movie kind of promoting her as this leadership character
1: I mean, she's oh, yeah. one of the the last people to to leave the base. She almost gets captured because of her her leadership and her loyalty and her desire to get everyone out and and like see the job done. Uh, and I'm then, glad you
3: guys are saying this. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Um,
1: <laughs> and then in Return, of, I feel like like this movie is really Han's mo- like movie for development. And like, don't get me wrong, we see a lot of great stuff from Leia, but like Return of the Jedi is where she like really shines, and we see her. Uh, major character development uh, but this film is also super important because it's the first time we see leia use the force and there's like a major hint there of like what could be like she's able to speak to it through to luke through the force and like sense where he is when they when they get him from the bottom of cloud city
0: i mm-hmm. i
1: uh... really wanted I, I was just
0: thinking of that scene where lando is like i don't want to go back for this guy like I, I just imagine Lando looking up It's like yeah, yeah, we got him. Just go. <laughs>
3: like,
0: yeah, I'm a, I i do wanna be here.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's like, All right, who is this guy? Like that's what I always think about when Lando goes up and like helps Luke. It's like, who is this guy? They're both both like of that. them are like, probably like, Who are you? Like, what are we doing here? It's just yeah, it's, a, it's a, yeah. I'd love those in between moments of like, let's introduce each other. Like what?
1: Lando's so good too. I love seeing so good. Lando oh out smooth, Han Solo. Good, he's just like good you're good. not supposed to be like a better s- smooth talker than me. Like stop charming my lady friend here, dude. Mm-hmm.
0: And then Han's just laughing in the background when like Lando's trying.
3: Yeah, he's like, yeah, all right. I was trying this for three years, but yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, go ahead, give it a shot. Like it's so funny. Oh, God, I love Lando so much.
1: All right, guys. I think ending on Lando Calrissian is like about as good as it gets. Unless there's any other major talking points anyone has, I'm happy to keep going.
3: No, I'm good. You too, I'm good.
2: Thank you guys right. again for having me today. It's, it's
3: fun. Of yeah, course. Steve, thanks Glad for
2: hanging to have
1: out. You.
0: No, I think the the one thing I noticed, like I, I like to watch the backgrounds of these movies since um, I've known them so well. I finally saw the Wampa warning sign today.
1: Oh, um, I'm glad you brought that I, up.
0: I haven't seen it before. I finally saw it this time. I didn't know who's actually in the movie. Um, it looks like a, a radiation symbol on one of the doors uh, right after the cave collapses, and they're like, "I'll I'll take her, I'll, I'll take her on my own ship," um, and Han and Leia running. They run by the 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 Wampa the Wampa door.
1: Do you want to uh, give everybody context for what the Wampa door is? Uh, there is a deleted scene where a Wampa breaks into the base
0: and they basically lock the Wampa in one of the rooms and put a warning sign on the door. And eventually, I think stormtroopers go in there and get to- torn apart by the Wampa. But all that was cut out. So all you now have is a door with a Wampa warning sign, which is, like I said, it looks like a radiation symbol with um some... Uh, um orbesh writing on it
1: it's it's funny in the deleted scene like a uh, stormtrooper opens the door and you just see a big white furry clawed arm reach out and yank him in <laughs> and then the other yes, stormtrooper is just like oh yeah that's a good place to end it too All right, guys, that's going to do it today. Uh, Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, a really easy way to support us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the show. Uh, If you'd like to do more than that, you can. Uh, We do have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash AIPTcomics. For two bucks, you can come hang out with us uh, on Discord, talk Star Wars there. We also have a Star Wars book club where we talk about um, Star Wars books and comic books about once every uh, four to six weeks. We're actually doing that today. We're talking about Red Harvest in honor of Halloween. It's uh, a, wars, uh, uh, excuse me, a Star Wars horror story. It's really uh, enjoyable read. And yeah, we do that all the time. So come hang out. Uh, I, if love, you wanna... I love talking horror wars. <laughs> yeah, horror wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to get at us on Twitter, you can do so at Talking Tauntauns. And if you want to shoot us an email about a topic that you'd like to see us explore on the show, we'd love to hear from you talking tauntauns at aiptcomics.com so that's going to do it we're going to get out of here and we'll see you next time